Welcome to Conversations on Cancer, brought to you by the Riverside Cancer Institute. Providing answers, debunking myths, and sharing patient stories. Joining us on the podcast today is Dr. Alex Herskovic, a radiation oncologist with the Riverside Cancer Institute. Welcome, doctor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us. And today, we're going to be talking about lung cancer. That's a, something that I think people generally associate with smoking or maybe other causes for it. But maybe you can talk a little bit in general terms to start with about who gets lung cancer, who should be concerned about maybe looking into their health if they've been a, a smoker or had some other habits. Speak a little bit about generally who should be concerned about possibly getting lung cancer. Yeah, so there are many possible causes of lung cancer. Of course, smoking is associated with a large number of the cases. In terms of specific screening guidelines for lung cancer, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recommends lung cancer screening only for patients aged 55 to 80 who have a 30-pack year smoking history and either currently smoke or haven't quit within the last 15 years. So those patients are the ones who would be eligible for screening. Yeah. So when we say 30-pack year, let's help folks and do a little math for them, including for me, because I want to make sure. So 30-pack years, if that was one pack a day for 30 years or Correct. two packs a day for 15 years, that would qualify somebody Correct. to be in that, that category. And the other age guidelines were 55 55 to 80 by the U.S. Preventative Services yeah. Task Force. So let's start with a 40-year-old who's maybe been smoking. Probably the first thing you'd say is quit smoking. That would make the most sense, right? As a doctor, I have to tell them to stop smoking. Yeah, yeah. And if, if they're having some issues, would their primary care doctor be the first one that they would talk to about some issue they might be having in their chest or a respiratory problem? Sure. If a patient has a respiratory issue, I think a primary care doctor for a non-urgent problem or the emergency department for an urgent problem is appropriate. Just because you have a cough doesn't mean that you have lung cancer. Mm. And then let's talk about those that might be diagnosed with a cancer. You know, what would the path be for an individual? I sure it would depend on the, the type and the size, location, those kind of different things. But generally, what would the path be for somebody who was diagnosed with lung cancer? Yeah, so that question, of course, has a uh, complex answer. I'll, I'll try to keep it, uh, keep it on the brief side. When a diagnosis of lung cancer is either suspected or established, uh, a patient will need certain tests, such as blood tests, scans, such as CT scans or MRIs. They'll also likely meet with multiple healthcare providers that can be doctors in different specialties, nurse practitioners, nurses, dietitians, and others. All of those providers then work together to determine the best course of personalized treatment for a given patient. Treatment may include one or more of the following. One is surgery. Two is chemotherapy. In general, chemotherapy is a medicine that goes throughout the body and could kill cancer wherever it might be hiding. Radiation, that's what I specialize in. The very simplest terms, and it's actually a lot more complicated than this, but in the very simplest terms, radiation therapy involves aiming painless x-rays at cancer that help us to kill that cancer. And a new weapon in our arsenal against cancer is immunotherapy. That is a type of medication that boosts and recruits your own immune system to fight cancer. A lot there. And I know you, you mentioned you're a radiation oncologist, so that's really your area of expertise. But a little bit, maybe let's start with surgery. If, if someone has cancer in their lung, they'll remove that and perhaps remove part of the lung, but I mean, allow the individual to still have a fairly normal life with just reduced lung capacity. Is that, that's kind of simplistic terms, but is that basically what happens? Yeah. So again, if surgery is indicated or appropriate, depends upon the size and extent of spread of a given cancer. I've worked closely with the surgeons at Riverside who complete surgery for lung cancer. They are very careful to test a patient's lung function before proceeding with surgery, just to make sure that they can still breathe okay with a part of the lung missing after surgery is done. 
Sure, yeah. And so let's talk a little more about your area of expertise in radiation therapies. You know, you mentioned it's really targeted using radiation in the targeted way to kill the cancer. In Correct. very basic terms, but that's it. One thing I know over the years, they've been able to develop that technology that the good cells around that can be preserved to a degree. Is that the real, the big consideration when giving radiation therapy is killing that cancer, but trying to keep as much of the good cells and, and the healthy tissue and such alive and viable? Correct. Radiation oncology has changed uh, rapidly over the past several decades. We have technology now to pinpoint the cancer uh, very carefully and avoid the surrounding healthy tissue as much as is safely possible. And Riverside, it, it really is on the front edge of the technology that's able to do those things. Is that right? Right. So for more advanced lung cancers, a patient might need radiation once a day, Monday through Friday for a few. That technology has been around for some time. What's new over the past 20 years or so is appropriate for early stage small lung cancers. And that's a high dose of radiation, usually given just over five days to a very precise location. It's called stereotactic radiation. And that gives a good chance of killing the tumor in patients with small early stage lung cancers. We do a lot of stereotactic radiation for lung cancer here, especially for a community hospital. I don't know anyone nearby who does as much as we do. We have a good staff here composed of technicians and physicists who I work with to deliver that radiation safely and effectively. So by and large, those patients that are diagnosed with cancer and go through treatment generally have a high success and productive life after that and, and go on to, to live a long life. You know, it really depends. So with lung cancer screening, we can catch lung cancers at an earlier stage. Obviously, if we catch in cancer when it's smaller and it hasn't spread yet, chance of cure is higher. For patients with more advanced lung cancer, we still work hard with curative intent to give them the best outcome possible, balancing both survival and quality of life. But again, you know, lung cancer can be aggressive, especially in its later stages. So the one thing to do is to stop smoking if you're hearing this. As many people have told you before, stop smoking. And another one, again, if you are appropriate for lung cancer screening, that's something that we do through Riverside or you can talk about with your primary care doctor. So if you do have a heavy smoking history, hopefully if you develop a lung cancer, we can catch it early. Yeah. And let's talk a little more about the lung cancer screening program at Riverside. You, you touched on some of the things before, but let's repeat who would qualify and how would they get involved in that screening program? So the different organizations do have different criteria for who should get lung cancer screening. The Criteria that I quoted, age 55 to 80, 30-pack your smoking history, who either currently smoke or have quit within the past 15 years. That's from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. And I double-checked today, they're actually about to update their guidelines soon. So that might be changing soon, but it probably won't be too different from that now. We have a very active lung cancer screening program at Riverside. Actually, the Department of Radiology here, the American College of Radiology, is actually designated them as a lung cancer screening center of excellence. So again, for appropriate patients, I think this is something that we can do here effectively in order to improve outcomes for lung cancer patients. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And you mentioned even if you quit within the past 15 years, which is quite a, a long period of time. So obviously, if you've done that, smoking does damage. And, and even if it's been 15 years, still, you want to get checked and see what probability may be of that having lung cancer. So somebody who thinks that I quit five years ago, I'm fine. That may not necessarily be the case. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Doctor, a lot of good information. In closing, what would you say to someone who, who has received a lung cancer diagnosis? So I would tell that person when I tell all of my patients, this could be very overwhelming. It could be very scary. My only advice is just to take it one day at a time. In oncology, we can't promise you a certain outcome. 
I know our team at Riverside, we will promise you one thing, that we will work very hard to do the best job we can taking care of you. Very good. Dr. Alec Herskovic, radiation oncologist with the Riverside Cancer Institute. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me.